Welcome to the Pack is Back podcast, brought to you by the Seawolf for Life Foundation, Synergy Capital Solutions, and Proudmouth. In this podcast, we will provide regular updates on what is happening, what's to come, and how alumni players continue to support community, connections, and contributions. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Pack is Back podcast. I am your host, David Valliere, and going out to Seawolf fans and fellow alumni, we wanted to bring on our very first guest, Coach Matt Shasby. We'll chat with Matt here in just a little bit. But wanted to kind of share with our listeners here the point of this podcast and and maybe the format so that we can have an idea of cadence for conversation going forward. But for so many of us, we have busy lives, but we wanted to get hockey updates out to you, alumni updates out to you, as well as resources that are available for you. So with that, I would say right on the front end, if I could introduce our refreshed Seawolf Hockey Alumni website, we're calling it Seawolf for Life, but the actual website right now is Seawolf Hockey Alumni. Go there and you will get pretty much all that you need to be updated on what's going on with the status of a Seawolf Hockey Alumni. On that note, we are in the process of launching a brand new 501c3 and why an alumni refresh. I just think it's important for listeners to note that while we have had great partners in the past who have done a great job reuniting our fraternity, I think that we all recognized when we lost the hockey program, we also had a fracture with our alumni. This refreshed alumni Seawolf for life Our goal is to stand apart under our own 501c3. There's a variety of reasons for that, but the main reason is so that, you know, while we all want to see the long-term success of the UA hockey program, just in case something does happen that is adverse, we don't want the alumni or our fraternity to be impacted by that. Very long intro. I recognize that. But with that, let me just bring on our very first Pack is back guest here, and hopefully uh, we'll have Coach Shazby on again throughout the year giving updates. But Matt, welcome to the show. Welcome to the very first episode. Yeah, thanks for having me, Valley. It's fun to be here. Yeah, so hopefully we can have a lot of fun with us and still give updates and see what's going on. But one thing that I know you and I have chatted about in the past is I've gotten to know you outside of being a Chugiak grad and a Seawolf grad. I didn't have a, a great opportunity to get to know you. So I thought we would just start with an intro. If you don't mind giving us a little background on you personally, professionally, and then we'll go from there. Sure, yeah. A kid that grew up out in Eagle River, Alaska, playing his youth hockey on the outdoor rinks of Eagle River and the comp hockey programs within Anchorage and Eagle River itself. Is lucky enough to play three years at Chugiak. Obviously grew up watching you play there and you're an idol for my generation of the kids growing up out there. And it was, and then kind of watching you continue on to go play for the Seawolves was a path that I wanted to emulate and was lucky enough to when I got to that point. But after three years of playing locally, I was able to uh, head off to the USHL for two years, my senior year and a year after, and thankfully earned a opportunity to play college hockey here at our hometown team, and it was always a, a dream of mine, a goal of mine to put on a Seawolf jersey someday and was lucky enough to do it for four years. I played two years under Dean Talafus, the 1999, 2000, 2001, and then John Hill came in for my final two years, my junior, senior year, and I was able to take quite a bit from both of those guys. 
moving forward. And then once I was done at UAA, I was able to sign a contract with the Montreal Canadiens for two years. Was able to attend their main camps, able to play within their farm system for two years, the American Hockey League, and majority of it in the ECHL. And then when I was done with that contract, I felt like I needed to go home and continue my impact on my hometown community and decided to go play for the Alaska Aces for four years. It was an amazing four years. The first year we won the Kelly Cup. The next three years, we went some pretty significantly deep runs in the playoffs. And then my final year, we lost in game seven of the Kelly Cup Championship against South Carolina. And then once that was done, I was moving on to life after hockey, as well as maintaining a pretty significant presence as a coach within the community, working on a variety of different levels, everything from the, the newbies of the hockey world to high school and as well as a variety of AAA levels. And then transitioning into working within USA Hockey in a variety of different means as well. Throughout kind of the whole process is always, again, staying close to the program, being a fan of the program, supporting the program in different ways here at UAA. And then when we got to the point where we all experienced the program being threatened with shutdown and then throughout the Save the Seawolves campaign, participating in that and then realizing that there was an opportunity there for somebody that I felt knew the program intimately passionately cared about the program and helped this program get back on its feet as I saw an opportunity to throw my name in the hat to lead the program back into college hockey. And uh, it was a very interesting process that we can deep dive into more uh, later. But obviously, it was was one of those moments in time where kind of think, do I have enough credentials or resume for this position? And I'll be the first one to admit that I didn't. But at the same time, you have other intangibles and sometimes the stars just align and it makes sense for the right person at the right time to come along during pretty extreme situations. Um, when I got the job, it was it's an honor of there's not a higher honor. There's not another job I would ever dream to aspire beyond this. And it's every day that I've been in this position, it's actually almost been exactly a year now. It's just been an absolute pleasure and I feel like our program has come an incredibly long way with, within a year from being on the border of extinction to now winning college hockey games against Western Michigan and Northern Michigan. Sitting in basically with a 500 record right now in college hockey is a pretty amazing feat, and we're very happy with what we've been able to accomplish up to this point. But again, it's an incredible opportunity for myself, for my staff, and I couldn't be more proud and happier to be leading the UAA Seawolf Hockey Program. Wonderful. I appreciate that. And I want to take a few minutes and just kind of walk backwards over this last year. But before we leave this intro, tell me a little bit about you personally, family, fill us yeah. in there. So I was lucky enough to meet my wife my rookie year of playing hockey down in Columbus, Georgia. I was able to convince her to move to Alaska and promised her it was only going to be a year or two. And now we've been up here for 15 years. Uh, I have a son who's 17 years old. His name is Camden, who's currently playing for the Fargo Forest in the USHL. Uh, I have a daughter, 14 years old. Actually, she just turned 15. Uh, Her name is Bryn. And then I have a six-year-old named Taves, and she's an absolute terror and never-ending joy to me and my wife's life, having that age gap and being thankful to relive the young kids again. Yeah, so it's brought her up here. Anchorage is our home, and I don't think we'll ever leave. And 
unless she can convince me to head back down south, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. <laughs> well, I'm just chuckling here as I'm listening to your, you know, the age gap with the kids. I certainly can relate. I have one in college, but for listeners, I have five kids, so I have one in college, two in high school, one in middle school, and then we just added one to the team last year. The Valley Air household is very yes. wild and crazy. All right, so thanks for that intro, Coach. Let's just, let's walk back. 12, 14, 16 months, somewhere in there. You mentioned you threw your hat in the ring and a crazy process, a bunch of controversy. Walk us through that and then walk sure. us through, you know, really the, for lack of a better term, the adventure you've been on here with refreshing a program that really need to be stood back up and fostered back to health. Yeah, I've said it a couple of different places where I love the program so much. Like once I saw that there was potentially going to be coming back online, like I spent the entire summer having conversations with guys in college hockey and junior hockey about kind of the benefits and the possibilities and potential of, of this program in a way, recruiting guys to potentially come up here. But at the end of the day, the response was just such a incredible, that's too big of a challenge. I'm not interested. I don't have any personal connection. You know, Alaska is a big deal. Just the overall challenges that were surrounding the program, the most part deterred anybody I was talking to. And so then I just, I took it personal and felt if nobody else is willing to step up to the plate, I don't know anybody that loves the program more than I do and wants to see it succeed. Once I threw my name in the hat, I, you kind of don't know what to expect. And then all of a sudden you get a phone call back that says, Hey, you're one of the 10 finalists. Here's a zoom interview you're going to participate in and get on a zoom interview. And we all know over the last couple of years of participating in zoom interviews, they're a little bit awkward, a little bit informal. It's tough to really get a real read on the crowd and, and really show your personality. And, you know, you go through that process. I thought I did well in it. And then once I got a phone call back that you were one of the three finalists, it was, I was probably just as shocked as anybody, but at the same time got extremely excited that, you know what, maybe I am the right guy to bring this thing back. And through that, you get your day on campus, meeting the chancellor, meeting everybody in the athletic department, everybody surrounding the program, just being able to really see the the inner workings of the university and just kind of let people know, just kind of share your message and your vision of what you think the program can become, what it means to you, what it means to the community and just the future painting that canvas of what you really think that it can become someday. So I think I was able to do that clearly just with my history and my connection, probably more so than the other candidates. And at the end of the day, Anchorage is a very tight community. It's a small community. I think having somebody in this position that everybody knows and has a connection to was what it was going to take for, I think, the community to get behind it. My connection to all the youth hockey associations, the previous boosters, the alumni, everybody else, I think really helped convince people that having a local guy that's connected to the program was the right way to go. It, and my response, since I've had the job, basically everybody said back to me, it's like, we just love the fact that it's a hometown guy that we know cares about the program. It's not a stopping point for your career. It's it means something to you and the community means something to you. And that's why I feel the longer that this process went on is that I was the right guy for the job here early on. How long it lasts and me in this position, I don't know, but I think I'm the right guy right now to reconnect the community, to get the program back out there and just to get it back on its feet. 
So once I was announced as the head coach, it was a difficult time within the UA athletic department itself because of the athletic director's health. And unfortunately, he passed away three weeks after I got the job. And so that was a, a real interesting moment of, okay, here's a college hockey program, has very limited support and resources within the athletic department and your athletic director passes away. And so it was kind of a time period of where's my support going to come from? Who's going to help me lead this program back on its feet? And thankfully, they had somebody within the athletic department itself. The current athletic director, Ryan Swartwood, stepped up to the plate pretty quickly and helped me get this thing going. There's so many different aspects to starting a Division One hockey program that not there wasn't a ton of internal knowledge. Uh, obviously, me being a rookie in the college world didn't have any internal knowledge of the ins and outs of college hockey. Uh, but it was literally every single day that I showed up for work early on was is me trying to absorb as much information and talk to as many people as I could in college hockey uh, to really get a solid grasp on what I needed to do here early, whether it was recruiting, whether it was scheduling, whether it was equipment, it was compliance game day operations, everything that went into us being a successful product on October 1st against Western Michigan was was needed to be learned in the first couple months. And I'm still learning new things every day. Yeah, but, sure. But those first couple months were just like a fire hose coming yeah, out. Yeah, drinking through a fire hose for sure. Drinking through a fire hose. And then yeah. it was, but it was an incredible, like every day was so much fun because it was so much learning and then knowing what you were going to build and what the potential was is and then what we saw in our exhibition game against Simon Frazier that crowd that was there the home opener against Western Michigan the crowd that was there and the support and just seeing little kids running around the rink in Seawolf jerseys again and just the crowd going crazy for for Seawolf hockey and it was just one of those moments that yeah there was the process of getting the job and the you know a little bit of controversy or surrounding it and then the the building for seven or eight months with so many different people to get to that point of the home opener was, was yeah. it's been an amazing. So let, let's talk about that building. Let's talk about your recruiting process. I know that when I played, probably when you played as well in college hockey, we did not have the portal. That's a game changer yeah. uh, for a situation like this. Talk our listeners through the portal and your recruiting process. How did you feel the team in such a short period of time? Yeah. So <clears throat> You know, you're sitting with 18 full scholarships and you, you want to build a roster anywhere from 26 to 28 guys. I get the job November 1st was the official first day. Obviously, you're talking, I was on the job basically mid-October. You really begin to plan out how you want to, how you hope to spend your, your scholarship money. You can't go out and sign 26 freshmen and then have that money locked away for four years. So... You need to be patient with the transfer portal doesn't really fill up until the college hockey season is nearing its end when teams become eliminated from the NCAA tournament or the conference tournaments. Then those student athletes are making that decision of leaving their current university and throwing their name into a hat to see what kind of interest they'll be getting from universities across the country. So we had a window until probably the beginning of March, end of March, April of when that transfer portal was going to fill up. So we needed to focus on early is the best available 20-year-olds in junior hockey in every single league. So the BCHL, the AJ, the SJ, MJ, the North American Hockey League, the Ontario Junior Hockey League is building that 
player base of who's still left. We wanted to focus on 20-year-olds that were a bit more mature, that have had played two, three, four years of junior hockey that could come in in a situation and, and be a little less overwhelmed than an 18 or 19-year-old. And so we wanted to focus on kids that were pretty much productive where they were at, but they needed to be in a leadership position and they needed to be super high character quality kids that are going to, one, help us establish our new culture, two, be okay with incredible challenges that they're going to face here early on when you're building a program. And so we targeted a couple guys early in the North American League and the Alberta League. We slowly started to sneak into the BCHL with a couple guys. And it's really just, okay, we want four freshman D, we want six freshman forwards, and we probably want one freshman goalie. And so we just started slowly picking away at that as November, December, January went along. And then we didn't want to get more than 10 freshmen on our roster until the portal kind of really revealed itself. And so we got to that point where it was early April, the portal started filling up. And how the portal works is it's just a database of names. You can click on a kid and all you have is access to an email that they put in. So then you email the kid there. Every morning, my assistant coach, Kevin Murdoch, he was actually based out of Minnesota the whole winter. He would wake up at 8 a.m. his time. The new portal names would be in there. We would shoot emails to him trying to introduce our program. And if you'd be interested in hearing more about becoming a Seawolf. And then slowly you just... You get responses back and you start making some connections to these kids that are at UMass Lowell, kids that are at Northern Michigan, Western Michigan. And then all of a sudden you wanted to, okay, now we have a sophomore, now we have a junior, now we were able to get a senior goaltender out of St. Cloud. And so now you're starting to spread your money out amongst the classes. And then the next kind of mission is to hopefully get four or five grad transfers that we knew we were getting the money back the following year, guaranteed. And we were, thankfully, we were able to get a defenseman from Canisius. We were able to get a goalie from Northern Michigan. We were able to get a, a forward from Sacred Heart. And then we were able to get another forward from Fairbanks. And then we got one more from Clarkson, who have been an incredible uh, leadership group, guys that have been playing college hockey for four years, that came here knowing us, offering them that, leadership opportunity and establishing our culture and our traditions here early on. And these kids have been uh, been amazing from day one. So we were able to get our five grad transfers. We were able to get a handful of juniors, one senior. We got a big sophomore class in terms of eligibility, but they're juniors in terms of academics. And then we're, we have our 11-player freshman class. This year, we're waiting for that portal to come around again uh, to hopefully replace the grad transfers that we have this year with another kind of class of grad transfers. The transfer portal has changed college hockey dramatically. I definitely, we would not be nearly as competitive if the transfer portal was not a thing. I don't think you would be bringing in 25 freshmen and the quality of players that were left in junior hockey when you're getting to January, February, April, you're not going to be a competitive hockey team in college hockey if you had to be all freshmen. So we kind of came back into college hockey at the exact perfect time when this transfer portal was at its peak and we were able to massively benefit from the transfer portal. Yeah, what a huge benefit. So let me transition us. We've got, we walked through the trials and tribulations of stepping into this role at mm-hmm. a time. And then it, sadly, as you mentioned, Myford, who I had the opportunity 
to get to know and was a real quality human being. We're sad um, for his passing, but th this tumultuous time. And then we've talked a little bit about your recruiting process. Fast forward me to like, now we have kids on campus right. and we're getting ready for the first game. And then let's fill in the gap because we're recording this. The season's already off to the races. And as some people are going to listen to this and they've been paying attention that so they have a recognition of when we're starting this conversation. But let's let's fill in those gaps for listeners. Yeah. So that was a big moment. All the kids kind of showed up on campus at the end of August. The entire team is staying on campus in the Mac apartment complex. So we have all 26 guys living together in four bedroom apartments. That was done so that kind of really changed the culture of the togetherness of our group. Also, just the convenience of not having to go out and find apartments and sign leases and sign up for utilities and all the stuff that comes from that. But again, having them all on campus is they're, they're living together, they're eating together, they're walking to class together, they're coming to practice every day together. So it really creates kind of the tight-knit bond that I think our team needs to have for us to be successful consistently. You know, it was the staff also came all together in August. Uh, Trevor Stewart was hired in January. Murdoch was hired in November, but those guys really didn't get into town until middle of August as well. So we became a full family there uh, all at the same time. And we were all experiencing life on UAA's campus together early on. It was a great moment for our program to see the athletes, to have them come in hand out all their swag for the year, see the jerseys, have all their gear handed out. And then uh, you spend a couple of weeks of pr captain's practice. And really it was the first time we even saw a majority of our hockey players live on in front of us. All of our transfers or 15 transfers were all recruited through video. We didn't see any of them play live. And then our freshmen, for the most part, we saw them at least once, but it was really a first chance to really get a feel for what we were going to be working with for the year. Um, so we spent two weeks of captain's practices. We were able to start our season a little bit earlier with a large gap that we have in February in our schedule. So we were able to bump up our days on ice. And the first couple of weeks of practice were great. It was a surreal moment for myself and my staff that this is the Seawolf Hockey Program and we are, we're we're getting after it. We were able to play our first exhibition game there September 23rd against a quality Canadian U opponent with Simon Fraser. It was just an amazing environment, the way the fans showed out. We couldn't fit another human being in the Seawolf Sports Complex. I bet we hit 1,100 people that night. There's people, four people deep around the glass and up in the spine of the, uh, the Seawolf sports, sports Complex here. And just all those those moments of what Seawolf hockey was going to look like again came to fruition. And it was the outcome of the game wasn't what we wanted it to be for our first game together. But at the end of the day, it was a massive success just for the fact that Seawolf hockey was back on the ice and the Anchorage community was getting to enjoy Seawolf hockey again. From there, it was a quick turnaround to the following week of playing the 14th ranked team in the country, Western Michigan, in a program that was a team ranked in the top five last year, went pretty deep run into the playoffs. I believe they won the NCHC and then were knocked out by the Gophers in the NCAA tournament. Thankful that they were willing to come up to be our home opener. And I think, I don't want to say that was the, might end up being the best hockey game our team plays the entire year, but we were able to get a win against 
an opponent like Western Michigan was an incredible moment for our program. Shocked the college hockey world. It was just one of those surreal experiences, the highs and lows of sports and our staff couldn't have been happier and more proud of the group, the way that they came together so quickly. And just the effort from top to bottom was kind of set the tone for us, I think, the rest of the year of we are going to be able to be competitive at this level, night in, night out. It's going to take pretty pretty incredible efforts from everybody that's in the lineup each night for us to win hockey games, but it is doable. So that was that was a great moment for our program and for our kids early on heading into the rest of the season. Uh, the second night, uh, we had them 1-1 again in the third period, but our wheels just kind of eventually fell off. We had battled so hard for five periods, and Western Michigan's skill and size just took over that third period, and we ended up falling 4-1. to one. But it was another great effort by our guys, and just a great overall first weekend, sold-out crowds. Response was just amazing from everybody in the community, and it was a great moment for our program. And, and all the alumni should be extremely happy and proud of what where the program was at, for sure, after that first weekend. So... And that, that's pretty exciting. And personally, you know, Western Michigan is a little bit near and dear to my heart, as you know, with uh, Firstweiler at the helm there. He was a line mate of mine in the pros for a number of years. Great personal friend and glad to see, you know, my alma mater taking him down for one. So yeah. that was fun for me. Listen, so just for alumni and for you, what I'm hoping to do is have you on on a regular basis to give hockey updates. I know this was a little bit lengthy today, but it was, I think, important. I think it's really good for fans, for alumni to have the chance to get to know you and understand kind of the process that you've gone through. So thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate it. And uh, I would like to have you back on, like I said, to update us on some other games maybe talk about you know the road trip that you're looking at in November mm -hmm. and go from there. In addition, and this goes out to alumni, this is an open invite. We want to talk to you. We want to highlight different alumni on each episode if possible and have conversations with guys that we've played with. Maybe like Coach Shasby said earlier, guys that we knew. And he mentioned John Hill. I watched John Hill play. John Hill then coached me. Guys like Dennis Sorensen coached me and, you know, we're great alumni. But I do want to have, I think we're going to have next on is Rick Ellison. And uh, he's become a really good friend through this process for me. We did not play together, but being involved with the alumni and really appreciate his leadership. So we're going to have him on for the next conversation. But coach, we really appreciate you coming on and being transparent and sharing your story and all that's going on with the team. We're excited about that. And we look forward to having you on again very soon. Yeah, thank you. It was, good. it was a good time. Yeah. So good luck this season. Go get them. I know you got a lot ahead of you. Um, and thanks for spending some time with us for, like I said, for alumni, you know, we want to hear from you. So reach out. Seawolf for Life website is actually right now. It'll change at some future point. But right now it's seawolfhockeyalumni.com if you would go there reach out to us directly there there's all sorts of areas all over the website to reach out to send in your contact information update your contact information we'd love to hear from you we'd love to highlight you on a show and and really update our fraternity on what's going on in your life and where have you been and and what's new so that's part of this process as well with that we're running to the end of our time today but once again i'm your host david valier and we look forward to chatting with you and connecting with you here on the pack is back in the future thank you so much thank you for listening to the pack is back podcast if you enjoyed this episode 
We encourage you to follow the show and share it with your friends and family.